Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. And most of the link at top for online edition, there's a little drop-down menu where you will see read A-C-I-M-O-E. Also on that drop-down menu, there's a place where you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the text reading for the day that we share on the call as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we are reading in Chapter 2, The Illusion of Separation. We'll be reading Section 2, The Reinterpretation of Defenses, the first half of that section. So it'll be today, paragraphs 18 uh, to 35. I did want to begin, however, uh, by wrapping in paragraph 17 from the previous section because uh, it's the setup for this. Let's see, we're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 15, my thoughts are images I've made. And by way of opening this morning, I was directed today to Helen's poem, Our Daily Bread. I'm told this is a prayer that Helen prayed herself on a daily basis after she started scribing. And that was kind of precious. Uh, But here's the prayer. Let me this day arise in quietness with only thoughts of sinlessness through which to look upon the world. Let me today behold the world as you would have it be because I am as you created me, as I accept today. And as the day draws to a close, all unforgiving thoughts have disappeared. And night comes quietly to bless the day and quietness begun and ending in forgiveness of God's Son. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, you, Lori. That is beautiful. Yeah, like the way it spoke to thoughts. Alrighty, so here's our reading list this morning. Uh, we have Lemoyne, Fran, Lana, Karen, and Jessica. We're joined in listening this morning by Judy and Wendy and Robin Marie. Is there anyone else who's joined us who'd like to be on the reading list or just say hi? Terrison, I'm listening. Good morning, Harrison. Okay. All right. So, um, when we begin at paragraph 18, it makes much more sense if uh, I bring in paragraph 17. So, I'll bring in 17 and 18, and then uh, we'll carry on from there. Uh, Is there too much background noise where I'm at, or am I okay? You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Yes, okay. you're fine. Okay, alrighty. So, in reality, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. 
just a moment. Yeah. These can be either from yourself and others, or from yourself to others, or from others to you. Peace is an attribute in you. You cannot find it outside. All mental illness is some form of external searching. Mental health is inner peace. It enables you to remain unshaken by lack of love from without, incapable through your own miracles of correcting the external conditions which proceed from lack of love in others. Section 2, the reinterpretation of defenses. When you are afraid of anything, you are acknowledging its power to hurt you. Remember that where your heart is, there is your treasure also. This means that you believe in what you value. If you are afraid, you are valuing wrongly. Human understanding will inevitably value wrongly, and by endowing all human thoughts with equal power, will inevitably destroy peace. That is why the Bible speaks of, quote, the peace of God which passeth human understanding, end quote. This peace is totally incapable of being shaken by human errors of any kind. It denies the ability of anything which is not of God to affect you in any way. Alamoy. Chapter 2, The Illusion of Separation. Section 2, The Reinterpretation of the Defensive. The Reinterpretation of Defense. When you are afraid of anything, you are acknowledging its power to hurt you. Remember that where your heart is, there is your treasure also. This means that you believe in what you value. If you are afraid, you are valuing wrongly. Human understanding will inevitably value wrongly, and by endowing all human thoughts with equal power, will inevitably destroy peace. That is why the Bible speaks of the peace of God which passeth human understanding. This this peace is totally incapable of being shaken by human errors of any kind. It denies the ability of anything which is not of God to affect you in any way. This is the proper use of denial. It is not used to hide anything, but to correct error. It brings all error into the light, and since error and darkness are the same, it corrects error automatically. True denial is a powerful protective device. You can and should deny any belief that error can hurt you. This kind of denial is not a concealment device, but a correction device. The quote-unquote right mind of the mentally healthy depends on it. 
You can do anything I ask. I have asked you to perform miracles and have made it clear that miracles are natural, corrective, healing, and universal. There is nothing good they cannot do, but they cannot be performed in the spirit of doubt. Well, thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 19. This is the proper use of denial. It is not used to hide anything, but to correct error. It brings all error into the light, and since error and darkness are the same, it corrects error automatically. True denial is a powerful protective device. You can and should deny any belief that error can hurt you. This kind of denial is not a concealment device, but a correction device. The quote, right mind, unquote, of the mentally healthy depends on it. You can do anything I ask. I have asked you to perform miracles and have made it clear that miracles are natural, corrective, healing, and universal. There is nothing good they cannot do, but they cannot be performed in the spirit of doubt. 20. God and the souls he created are completely dependent on each other. The creation of the soul has already been perfectly accomplished, but the creation by souls has not. God created souls so he could depend on them because he created them perfectly. He gave them his peace so they could not be shaken and would be unable to be deceived. Whenever you are afraid, you are deceived. Your mind is not serving the soul. This literally starves the soul by denying its daily bread. God offers only mercy. Your words should reflect only mercy because that is what you have received and that is what you should give. Thank you, Fran. I'm Lana. Okay. 20. God and the souls he created are completely dependent on each other. The creation of the soul has already been perfectly accomplished, but the creation by souls has not. God created souls so he could depend on them because he created them perfectly. He gave them his peace so they could not be shaken and would be unable to be deceived. Whenever you are afraid, you are deceived. Your mind is not serving the soul. This literally starves the soul by denying its daily bread. God offers only mercy. Your words should reflect only mercy because that is what you have received and that is what you should give. 21. Justice is a temporary expedient or an attempt to teach man the meaning of mercy. Its judgmental side arises only because man is capable of injustice if that is what his mind creates. 
You are afraid of God's will because you have used your own will, which he created in the likeness of his own, to miscreate. Let me read that sentence again. You are afraid of God's will because you have used your own will, which he created in the likeness of his own, to miscreate. What you do not realize is that the mind can miscreate only when it is not free. An imprisoned mind is not free by definition. It is possessed or held back by itself. Its will is therefore limited and is not free to assert itself. The real meaning of, in quotations, are of one kind, which was mentioned before, is are of one mind or will, unquote. When the will of the sonship and the father are one, their perfect accord is heaven. Thank you, Lana. I'm Karen. 21. Justice is a temporary expedient or an attempt to teach man the meaning of mercy. Its judgmental side arises only because man is, is capable of injustice, if that is what his mind creates. You are afraid of God's will because you have used your own, which he created in the likeness of his own, to miscreate. What you do not realize is that the mind can miscreate only when it is not free. An imprisoned mind is not free by definition. It is possessed or held back by itself. Its will is therefore limited and is not free to assert itself. The real meaning of, quote, are of one kind, unquote, which was mentioned before, is, quote, are of one mind or will, unquote. When the will of the sonship and the father are one, their perfect accord is heaven. 22. Denial of error is a powerful defense of truth. You will note that we have been shifting the emphasis from the negative to the positive use of denial. As we have already stated, denial is not a purely negative device. It results in positive miscreation. That is the way the mentally ill do employ it. But remember a very early thought of your own, quote, never underestimate the power of denial, unquote, in the service of the quote-unquote right mind, the denial of error frees the mind and establishes the freedom of the will. When the will is really free, it cannot miscreate because it recognizes only truth. Thank you, Karen. Uh, Jessica. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Um, 22. Denial of error is a powerful defense of truth. You will note that we have been shifting the emphasis from the negative to the positive use of denial. As we have already stated, denial is not a purely negative device. It results in positive miscreation. That is the way the mentally ill do employ it. But remember a very early thought of your own. Quote, never underestimate the power of denial, unquote. In the service of the, quote, right mind, the denial of error frees the mind and reestablishes the freedom of the will. When the will is really free, it cannot miscreate because it recognizes only truth. 23. False projection arises out of false denial, not out of its proper use. My own role in the atonement is one of true projection. I can project to you the affirmation of truth. If you project error to me or to yourself, you are interfering with the process. My use of projection, which can also be yours, is not based on faulty denial. It does involve, however, the very powerful use of the denial of errors. The miracle worker is one who accepts my kind of denial and projection, unites his own inherent abilities to deny and project with mine, and imposes them back on himself and others. This establishes the total lack of threat anywhere. Together, we can then work for the real time of peace, which is eternal. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jessica. And would there be a new reader for paragraphs 23 and 24? All righty, back to you, Lemoyne. False projection arises out of false denial, not out of its property. My own role in the atonement is one of true projection. I can project to you the affirmation of truth. If you project error to me or to yourself, you are interfering with the process. My use of projection, which can also be yours, is not based on faulty denial. It does, it does involve, however, the very powerful use of the denial of error. The miracle worker is one who accepts my kind of denial and projection, unites his own inherent abilities to deny and project with mine, and imposes them back on himself and others. This establishes the total lack of threat anywhere. Together, we can then work for the real time of peace, which is eternal. 
The improper use of defenses is quite widely recognized, but their proper use has not been sufficiently understood as yet. They can indeed, <clears throat> they can indeed create man's perception, both of himself and of the world. They can distort or correct, depending on what you use them for. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 24. The improper use of defenses is quite widely recognized, but their proper use has not been sufficiently understood as yet. They can, indeed, create man's perception both of himself and of the world. They can distort or correct depending on what you use them for. 25. Denial should be directed only to error, and projection should be reserved only for truth. You should truly give as you have truly received. The golden rule can work effectively only on this basis. Thank you, Fran. I'm Lana. Okay, 25. Denial should be directed only to error, and projection should be reserved only for truth. You should truly give as you have truly received. The golden rule can work effectively only on this basis. In intellectualization is a term which stems from the mind-brain confusion. Right-mindedness, in quotes, is the device which defends the right mind and gives it control over the body. Intellectualization, in quotes, implies a split, while, in quotations, right-mindedness involves healing. Thank you, Lana. Um, and Karen. 26. Intellectualization is a term which stems from the mind-brain confusion. Quote-unquote right-mindedness is the device which defends the right mind and gives it control over the body. Quote-unquote intellectualization implies a split while, quote, right-mindedness involves healing. 27. Withdrawal is properly employed in the service of withdrawing from the meaningless. It is not a device for escape, but for consolidation. There is only one mind. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. <clears throat> 27. Withdrawal is properly employed in the service of withdrawing from the meaningless. It is not a device for escape, but for consolidation. There is only one mind. 
28, association is quite similar. You should split off or dissociate yourself from error, but only in defense of integration. Thank you, Jessica. And would there be a new reader for 28 and 29? All right, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay. Dissociation is quite similar. You should split off or dissociate yourself from error, but only in defense of integration. Detachment is essentially a weaker form of dissociation. Thank you, Lemoyne. And uh, Fran? De- 29. Detachment is essentially a weaker form of dissociation. 30. Flight can be undertaken in whatever direction you choose, but note that the concept itself implies flight from something. Flight from error is perfectly appropriate. Thank you, Fran. And Lana. Okay, 30. Flight can be undertaken in whatever direction you choose, but note that the concept itself implies flight from something. Flight from error is perfectly appropriate. 31. Distanciation, distanciation can be properly used as a way of putting distance between yourself and what you could fly from. Thank you, Lana. And I think there's one on Muse's line. Um, And then Karen. 31. Distanciation can be properly used as a way of putting distance between yourself and what you should fly from. 32. Regression is an effort to turn your own excuse me, I'll start again. 32. Regression is an effort to return to your original state. It can thus be utilized to restore rather than to go back to the less mature. Thank you, Karen. Let's see. Another new reader yet for 32 and Whoopsie Daisy, I forgot Jessica. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here I am. Okay. Thank 32. You, Regression is an effort to return to your original state. It can thus be utilized to restore rather than to go back to the less mature. 33. Sublimation should be a redirection of effort to the sublime. Thank you, Jessica. Now, would there be another new reader for 33 and 34? 33 and 34. Here I go. Go for it. Here I go. Oh, 
Go ahead. Oh, two. <laughs> okay. Uh, 33. <clears throat> Sublimation should be a redirection of effort to the sublime. 34. There are many other so-called, quote, dynamic dynamic, unquote, concepts, which are profound errors due essentially to the misuse of defenses. Among them is the concept of different levels of aspiration, which actually result from level confusion. However, the main point to be understood from this section is that you can defend truth as well as error, and in fact, much better. Thank you, Reverend Marie. And Judy. 34 and 35. There are many other so-called dynamic concepts which are profound errors due essentially to the misuse of defenses. Among them is the concept of different levels of aspiration, which actually result in confusion. However, the main point to be understood from this section is that you can defend truth well as error and, in fact, much better. The means are easier to clarify after the value of the goal itself is firmly established. Everyone defends his own treasure. You do not have to tell him to do so because he will do it automatically. The real question, real questions still remain. What do you treasure and how much do you treasure it? Once you have learned to consider these two questions and how to bring them into all your actions as a true criteria for behavior, I will have little difficulty in clarifying the means. You have not learned to be consistent about this as yet. I have therefore concentrated on showing you that the means are available whenever you ask. You can, however, save a lot of time if you do not extend this step unduly. The correct focus will shorten it immeasurably. Thank you, Judy. And do we have one more new reader today for paragraph 35? All right. This is, uh, good morning, Diana. I'd like to do that, please. Lori. Okay. Yes? Lori, um, could, we yes, add 36, could we add 36 to today's reading? It makes it all make sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Go ahead, Diana. 35 okay. and 36. Thank okay. you, Okay. Thank you. The means are easier to clarify after the value of the goal itself is firmly established. Everyone defends his own treasure. You do not have to tell him to do so because he will do it automatically. The real question still remains, what do you treasure and how much do you treasure it? Once you have learned to consider these two questions and to bring them into your own actions as the true criteria for behavior, 
I will have little difficulty in clarifying the means. You have not learned to be consistent about this as yet. I have therefore concentrated on showing you that the means are available whenever you ask. You can, however, save a lot of time if you do not extend this step unduly. The correct process will shorten it immeasurably. 36. The atonement is the only defense for which cannot be used destructively. This is because while everyone must eventually join it, it is not a device which was generated by man. The atonement principle was in effect long before the atonement itself began. The principle was love and the atonement itself was an act of love. Acts were not necessarily before the separation because the time-space belief did not exist. It was only after the separation that the defense of the atonement and the necessary conditions for its fulfillment were planned. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Um, One more new reader for beautiful paragraph 36. Well, Harrison, yay, go. Thank you. (laughs) The atonement only defense not be used destructively because everyone must eventually join it not us generated by men only well in fact long before atonement began the atonement itself began with love the atonement itself an act of love For duration, as the time space exists only after duration, defense of atonement, necessary conditions for its fulfillment. Thank you, Harrison. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. This beginning, this beginning part or half of the reinterpretation of defenses. Um, we're very nearly at the top of the hour, um, where we can reflect on the lesson my thoughts are images I have made. Um, but I wanted to just point out before we do that 
the importance of uh, well ever very every paragraph in this section is important but the lesson um, for today and the lesson about these thoughts starts to make perfect sense in light of paragraph 24 where he says the improper use of defenses the improper use of defenses is quite widely recognized but the proper use had not been sufficiently understood as yet defenses can indeed create man's perception both of himself and of the world they can distort or correct depending on what you use them for in light of today's lesson um, my thoughts are images I have made um, is giving us uh, a pure distillation of what can happen when we use our defenses inappropriately or to support fear they distort both perception of ourselves and of the world so it's important to understand that my thoughts are images I have made because of inappropriate use of defenses and so with that as a backdrop uh, Fran would you um, lead us in our lesson reflection today please and thank you sure thank you hi everybody we are in the first part of the workbook and the lesson for today is lesson 15 my thoughts are images which I have made so I shall read the whole lesson and then we'll go and do our practice on the lesson okay lesson 15 my thoughts are images which I have made it is because the thoughts you think you think appear as images that you do not recognize them as nothing you think you think them and so you think you see them this is how your quote unquote seeing was made this is the function you have given your body's eyes it is not seeing it is image making it takes the place of seeing replacing vision with illusions this introductory idea to the process of image making which you call seeing will not have much meaning for you you will begin to understand it when you have seen little edges of light around the same familiar objects which you see now this is the beginning of real vision you can be certain that real vision will come quickly when this has occurred as we go along you may have many light episodes they may take many different forms some of them quite unexpected do not be afraid of them they are signs that you are opening your eyes at last they will not persist because they merely symbolize true perception and they are not related to knowledge these exercises will not reveal knowledge to you but they will prepare the way to it in practicing the idea for today repeat it first to yourself and then apply it to whatever you see around you using its name and letting your eyes rest on it. as you say this blank is an image which I have made that blank is an image which I have made 
It is not necessary to include a large number of specific subjects for the application of today's idea. It is necessary, however, to continue to look at each subject while you repeat the idea to yourself. The idea should be repeated quite slowly each time. Although you will obviously not be able to apply the idea to many to very many things during the minute or so of practice that is recommended, try to make the selection as random as possible. Less than a minute will do for the practice periods if you begin to feel uneasy. Do not have more than three application periods for today's idea unless you feel completely comfortable with it. And do not exceed four. However, the idea can be applied as needed throughout the day. Lesson 15. My thoughts are images which I have made. Five minutes.
And now I'm going to read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 15. My thoughts are images which I have made. Whatever I see reflects my thoughts. It is my thoughts which tell me where I am and what I am. The fact that I see a world in which there is suffering and loss and death shows me that I am seeing only the representation of my insane thoughts and I'm not allowing my real thoughts to cast their beneficent light on what I see. Yet God's way is sure. The images I have made cannot prevail against him because it is not my will that they do so. My will is his, and I will place no other gods before him. Lesson 15, my thoughts are images which I have made. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Fran, thank you, Fran. I love this exercise. <laughs> Let's put on our oh, virtual thank you, reality. Guys. reality. Thank I don't, you know, it's funny. I just found a bookmark, and um, I write things down when I find things particularly meaningful to me. And, you know, going through the lessons again, I get, I, I really try to stay in the beginner's mind like I've never done it before. But I get this, this, this thing going. So this is the note I found. You, Judith, who believe you understand something of the mind, the mind of the dynamics of the mind, analysis of the mind, let me assure you that you know nothing of it at all. For of yourself you could not know of it. The study of the ego is not study of the mind. Your ego loves, enjoys studying of itself and so roughly approves undertaking of it, of doing so. Who <laughs> would analyze it approving, it, approving its importance, so um, I just and it just made me laugh, and I don't know if anybody else does that, but um, this whole idea of understanding the lessons—I don't have to understand the lesson; I just have to apply it. And um, that my my mind, separate from God, um, in a body, thinks, imagines what it thinks it imagines it needs and how everything, when I did the exercise this morning, there was everything that I needed in my house that I could possibly think of that I needed or wanted, you know, and um, it's just as I think so shall I perceive and as I think so I think I am and looking at my body, it's like, I'm perceiving myself as a body. As I think, so shall I perceive. And, you know, just how rock solid, hard and firm this belief is in what I think um, is true versus what the Course has been teaching me is, is not true. So Jew's version of reality, as she thinks, she perceives, you know, the Course is saying this isn't true. 
Um, and it's only through vision and through the voice of the Holy Spirit, not using the body's eyes, not using Judy's brain to think. <laughs> you know, these things are just becoming more and more clear. And the investment in um, my belief in judging through my body's eyes, investment in what I think about what people look like or what they say or do, investing in judging them through that is really getting loose, 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 loose. So um, judging the world in general and, um, you know, the bigger things, the the bigger disasters and the catastrophes are, are still significantly compelling when um, drawing my attention to them because it's a part of the group illusion. And, you know, but the Courts of Miracles, I keep reminding myself that there's no order um, or of degrees or levels in miracles, and there's no order or levels or degrees of, of mistakes or errors in illusion. So not to give them any more significance one than the other or more than the other, not more or less bigger, smaller, and so here I go, there I go. Thanks for bringing us together, Fran and Lori and Lemoyne. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, this is Anna. And, um, you know, I really, both the lesson and the reading really resonated with me. the the lesson you know these early lessons are are so critical you know it begins we begin to um just retrain the mind or the ego mentality its natural inclination is to deny the truth and to project um because i think in the beginning of our of our um, re- mind reversal, we truly do believe that the ego identity is who we are. So to deny uh, the ego or the attributes of the, the deny of the ego um, feels like a denial of, of self. And the relinquishment of it would be like our death. It would be the death of who we believe we are. So... I love how Jesus puts a positive spin on this, and it changes, it's changing our whole perspective from where we come from instead of coming from a place where we deny um, the truth. We're training the mind to deny the illusions of the truth, to deny the... Um, misperceptions of the mind and to affirm the truth to affirm um, and when we do that when we are coming from place of true denial which is um, to deny the false belief systems of the ego mentality and we come to affirm the truth and deny those illusions we begin to project or further on he uses the word extend that truth 
in onto our brothers and to ourselves. And then there's um, a contraction in in not in a, not in a bad sense, but a coming together, a unifying of the oneness of who we are, um, the elimination of a belief in separation, that there's a separation between God and myself or my brothers and myself. So he puts like a positive spin on a lot of terms uh, which we um, have held in a negative way, just like regression from um, a from the perspective of truth, regression is returning to our original state of being, to the truth of who we are. And the more we practice these, I call them reversal lessons, where we're reversing our natural, or what seems like our natural thinking model, as we reverse them, we get more experiences that truth is true. Um, as we apply these into our thinking mind, they're validated in our experience, and we see the truth of them. And and coming from a pro- positive perspective, you know, I often think that when, or I often do this, when a negative um, thought comes up about myself, I'll say I'm not that. That's a denial of the ego thought system, and in the process of denial, simultaneously, I'm affirming the truth of who I am. So they happen um, simultaneously as I deny illusions. In that same instance, I'm affirming the truth. So the more I do that, it becomes a positive practice. Denial becomes a good thing. And he tells us somewhere in the Course, Uh, that anything that the ego makes, the Holy Spirit can use in the service of the atonement. And this lesson and these early lessons are examples of that. Um, Anything that the ego makes, we can deny in favor of affirming the truth of of what we are. Um, And it's... um, it's really a, a positive, learning a positive way of living and being. When we come from the truth, uh, when these misperceptions or these uh, erroneous thoughts arise in the mind, uh, the, the ego mentality, instead of, uh, the ego mentality wants to investigate them. They want to, it wants to prove them right. And Jesus is telling us, No, no, you don't have to go into that. You don't have to go into the darkness to try to understand why they're not real. All you have to do is affirm or deny their reality. And in the denial and in the affirmation of truth, truth automatically clicks in because truth is true. So in choosing truth, in my experience, it naturally shows up which validates it. So anyhow, (laughs) um, I just wanted to share that. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you, Lana. That was so clear and complete. Yeah. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana.
Thank you, guys. Thank you, Good morning. This is Ida. Um, it's a really good time for me to do what what Mana was just saying, deny the, the denial of truth, because I woke up this morning and um, I don't really like myself <laughs> at all. So that also makes me no good for my, most of anybody, anybody else, you know. So I want to... Um, tell myself the truth about me, that I am lovable, I am capable, I'm intelligent, I am, and I'm, in any case, even if I wasn't any of those three things, I am a child of God, so I am worthy, just like we all are children of God, so we all are worthy. Thank you for hearing me. I'm complete. Absolutely worthy, Ida. Thank you so much. And glad you're yeah. here. Thank you, Me Ida. Too. So glad you're here. Thank you, Ida. Yes, indeed. You are loved. Thank you, Fran. I feel that when I talk with you guys and gals. Oh, hi, everybody. This is Lori. And... You know, um, I did not, I did not ever really appreciate the extent to which uh, this section uh, sets the stage for the Course in Miracles, but it really, really does. Um, it's it's the initial step, the first step in sorting the true from the false, and. Um, and I, and I pulled in paragraph 17 simply because um, because the atonement is an act of love based on love, and because of atonement, the unity of the Father and the Son in all creation, because of atonement, he can say with certainty, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. And uh, with that as a beautiful beginning, then he launches into uh, defenses or the reinterpretation of defenses. And, you know, there's a, there's a quote in the, in the work that says, defenses do what they would defend. Defenses do what they would defend. A defense... Is, um, is a psychological tool that I pull from my mind, my wrong mind or my right mind, a tool that I pull from my mind in order to protect something I think is true. So it's based on my thinking, the thoughts I think, 
And uh, what I never understood fully was the degree to which defenses do what they would defend. The only time, the only time I would reach for that tool, he wants me to understand, is if I'm entertaining fear. If I'm entertaining fear, and later on he'll tell us, uh, you're so accustomed to fear, you're not even upset that you're afraid. <laughs> um, you don't even notice how much fear your mind holds. Um, but this is a course of mind training. And we have to start somewhere. And the place we must start is with our thoughts. If I have a thought that is frightening me, I will pull out a defense to either correct that thought. That part I didn't know. <laughs> to either correct that thought or to protect the validity of that thought. And that's why uh, The Course in Miracles is my training to help me differentiate the ego thought system from the thought system of truth, the thoughts I think with God. As an initial step in that direction, uh, we've got today's lesson, my thoughts. It's not so much about the images I've made, it's about my thoughts for me. Um, for example, this weekend we have frozen pipes. And my thoughts uh, went all the way to water in the ceiling below and <laughs> destruction of, of the master bath. That's where my thoughts went. And if I continued to entertain those thoughts, uh, not only would I um, magnify my fear and anxiety, but I would be less deaf to the call of the universe that, um, what am I defending? How much do I value it? What is my treasure? Um, when I consider the thought system of the ego, it goes in one direction. It goes in the direction of error and destruction of peace. That's always where it goes. That's why the goal of this course is peace. He wants me to understand that peace is a quality in you. Like he says in paragraph 17, because of God's peace, which is perfectly unshakable within you, um, you have no reason to be afraid. And if I value peace more than I value anything else, I'll direct my thoughts or I will let my thoughts be directed to defend truth rather than error. I didn't realize the extent to which um, I was using defenses to support my mistaken thoughts. But thank God for this course uh, to help me realize my thinking errors and it's my thinking errors um, that are the cause of all my disturbance in the ego thought system I would like to blame the world it's the fault of the world that I feel the way I feel or I would like to blame uh, my situation 
as the cause of how I feel, or I would like to blame uh, someone's mistake for the cause of how I feel. But because of my training, I realize now that it's the thoughts I'm entertaining that are the cause of what I feel. And so, um, if I understand that peace is a quality in me and is perfectly unshakable, and I'm not at peace, then I need not ask whose fault that is, <laughs> which is what the ego would have me do. The ego would always have me ask whose fault or what's the fault of how I feel, and whom can I blame for it? What defense can I pull out of my out of my mind to protect that thinking error. Um, these beginning steps are so so critical, and I love the way he sets it so that um, I understand I can do this or that. I can do this or that. I can defend my position or I can defend truth. I have freedom to defend my position or to defend truth. I can choose to defend what I think is true, or I can defend the real truth. I have the option. I always have the option. Before I um, before I realized that, I didn't realize that my mind was free to make choices. And I think, you know, it's probably the goal of life to... Everybody who comes here makes an ego, he says, and makes one for himself, makes one for everybody else. Uh, but the goal of living here, the goal of life, the goal of this course, is to realize that um, the, here, the here I thought I was trapped within can be entirely changed to a different state of mind by appreciating the fact that I have a choice to defend truth or to defend error. Of the two, one I made up, the other one is given me. The other one is given me. So would I like to have what's on offer? I would. Um, and I think everyone who comes to the Course of Miracles is here because uh, that was a decision that we made. Um, and so here's the initial steps. I'm complete. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Laurie. That was wonderful. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Well, no one's in the silence. I, I just want to say um, how grateful I am for my mighty companions and the strength that we lend to each other. And uh, I was really tempted to get uh, 
sort of out of whack about this frozen pipe situation. But um, on account of my mighty companions and, of course, Holy Spirit, uh, it was relatively easy um, to rest assured that uh, something wonderful would happen as a consequence of this. And um, that's, that's just really, really awesome. So thank you for the strength and support of right-minded thinking. Um, the more of us who who um, can entertain the thought system of truth, I think, um, affects the whole sonship. So I'm very grateful. Thank you. Complete. You're oh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, this is what I'm at again. Um, everything's quiet. I thought I'd share a couple thoughts I had um, about this reading and lesson. It's, um, you know, denying illusions can be challenging at time, times, especially if the illusion uh, seems so real. Um, and in healing, it's especially challenging I find you know to deny my back pain or to deny my um, breathing difficulties as I'm experiencing them is um, <laughs> is not an easy task sometimes but I know in my heart and that goes for the healing um, I see within my brothers you know the healing that I would extend to them if they're showing up as less than perfect if my perception is deceiving me into thinking they're sick you know my daughter is going through a really challenging time right now both physically and emotionally and I can tell you one thing that even though I sit here and deny it you know um, there's a belief going on in my mind in my conscious mind and I know in my subconscious mind where um, even though I sit here and deny it um, it still seems I know that I still have a belief in it so that's where forgiveness is so critical um, because even if I sit here still believing it but I deny the um, denial of truth you know if I deny the illusions that I'm perceiving that is a choice for truth regardless of what my perception might be at that moment at that moment I'm choosing truth over illusion and as I choose it and make the choice for God that's when the shift happens so you know it's not like I have to be healed in order to ask for healing <laughs> I, I need to be healed because I need the healing you know I make that choice because I, I see that I'm in need of it you know and a lot of times it seems so silly to sit here and deny 
what I'm experiencing. Um, but that's the first step in the realization of the truth, that it is an illusion. And I can't tell you how many times, that countless times that's proven to me. I don't have to be healed in order to ask for healing. That is the purpose of healing. That is the purpose of the miracle. And that is the purpose of forgiveness. It's even while I'm experiencing it as real, I stand in that fire and deny its reality. And I see myself as perfect and healed and whole. I remind myself that that is the truth of me. I remind myself that the truth of my daughter is that she's a perfect and whole creation of God. And only the images that I've made of myself and her would uh, convince me otherwise. So it is those illusions that in choosing the truth that forgiveness clicks in and does its thing because I'm making the choice for God. I'm choosing truth over illusion and that's all he ever asked of us is to make the the choice for truth and to deny the misperceptions and the illusions that we may be experiencing. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lara. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Totally. Thank you. Hi, this is Diana. And Lana, thank you for sharing that. I think unless we notice old set behaviors, that's what we're going to fall into every time. Our thoughts become automatic because they're hardwired to how we've reacted in the past. And I think the lesson for me is trying to teach me to notice, stop, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop that thought and put a creative thought in place of that. Home, touch my heart if I need to, you know, because it's, it's reacting to the truth of who I am and allow it to be replaced with a truth. What you're doing, these little practices, they're important and they're necessary, you know, for all of us. Well, let me just bring it back to myself, you know, um, because I'm learning to unwire these old neuron pathways and say, nope, not doing that again. I'm not going to respond to, you know, something that's just right there like a, you know, turning on a light switch, there it is, you know, to noticing, taking a step back, asking Holy Spirit to replace it with a well, how do I want to see this thought, a creative thought, and staying there in that moment, just seeing and feeling what is the truth in, in any given situation and not just uh, an image that I'm creating in my own mind. What is that image? It's just a thought that's becoming real to how I see it. But is it? No, I can change that. And and some of those little you know white little sparks that I see 
from time to time I know I'm onto something because I'm feeling that, that I am being led and directed. And it's a trust thing. I have to release and let go and don't let ego pull me back, you know, uh, into a position where I get stubborn. And, and even that is noticing and saying, no, no, I'm not going to do that. How has it served me in the past? I'm, I'm just losing more time in this thought. And, and always ask Holy Spirit. And that's where the, the forgiveness comes in on my part, the atonement. Ego doesn't know that and never will. Because we didn't create it, it came long before any of, of the ego or it was just part of God. It's part of the way back. And anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Uh, thank you, Diana. Oh, yes, I like thank you, Diana. I habit. I'm sorry. Thank you, Diana. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yes, very well, Karen. Okay, okay. I'm going to pull over as soon as I... One second. Um, anyway, um... I had a Course in Miracles breakthrough or, you know, like one of those great evaluation moments yesterday, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, so I was doing a meditation, uh, meditation workshop, Zoom, and my experience was completely disappointing, (laughs) disappointing to my ego mind. And so first there's judgment, right? There's evaluation and judgment. And um, it was a little distressing, and I I just uh, got off the Zoom prematurely because I knew my mind was just going in the wrong direction. And I stepped away, and I sat, and I thought, um, I, I started to think, you know, what does this mean? Does this mean that I should stop doing this because it, it feels like I'm watching TV for the amount of, like, grace that I was experiencing? And, and if I want that kind of a meditation, I can do that alone. That's, you know, that's the big problem with meditation. It's the feeling that nothing happens. You just sit there, you know, nothing happens. And um, I had had a fight with my daughter the day before. And I'm mentioning that because in the context of everything that was going on, that was there too. And um, I also want to have a prayer for a miracle. I'm asking for a prayer for a miracle that um, whatever the distortion going on with her is, is purified and healed because it's still in a really bad place, which I won't go into. But the point was that I was sitting there and my mind started to think thoughts, uh, thoughts about the past. Because even if it was 10 minutes ago, it was the past. And all of a sudden I just had this beautiful feeling like um, this holy instant. I looked around the room and I said, this holy instant would I give to you. Be you in charge. And I, I know, was sincerely really praying. I don't want to beat myself up because my ego 
my ego mind was saying, you know, you do yoga, you walk, you walk every day, you you uh, do this bicycle, this stationary, and you can't lose any weight. You do the Course in Miracles. You do the Zoom class with this great healer. You did acupuncture with this great healer. You do AMA every single morning before that, and nothing changes. And the ego mind was just going down like this list of nothing works, nothing works. Everything is a failure. And then I had the thought, you know, this holy instant, what I give to you? And it was like the whole thing cleared away. And there was this beautiful stillness in the realm and this peace. And everything was perfect. I had the, I had the miracle of just stopping that ego mind. It's the thing I wish I could give to my daughter. It's the thing I wish I could give to to everyone. That there is like this ability to make a choice and defend the truth by denying the illusions. And just like that, just like that, I stopped the whole thing. Any other time years ago, I would have been beating myself up for days. Anyway, it was such a great moment, and I really just wanted to share it. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm stuck with this situation with my daughter, how I don't know how to fix it, but I am praying for the Holy Spirit because it just requires some shift, some shift in perception. And I'm open completely. But she seems to be hanging on to her, what I would call distorted ideas of what's happening, but, you know, I don't want to judge her. Anyway, thank you so much for letting me share that. I'm complete. Oh, that was powerful, Karen. Thank you very much. Oh, thank Thank you, Karen. I totally relate. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Karen. That's a great example of... uh, you know, kind of what it what it's for that piece that uh, passes to all human. You know, when you give up on trying to understand it and recognize that the attempts to sort it out with judgment and act um, are just you know. Not to say they're not helpful or they couldn't be helpful, but that they're uh, they're not the actual thing. That I think, you know, the appearance of truth does rely on us giving up the attempt to understand it alone. Um, and. to look beyond all the defenses. Just lay them down and uh, let the truth appear. So thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank oh, you, I'm Lemoyne. sorry I wasn't muted. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, Lemoyne. It, I yes, this, thank um, you, Lemoyne. That was a good point. Thank you. 
accidentally when I'm driving, I always accidentally hang up instead of muting myself. So I went to mute myself and I hung up. So I didn't hear it. You know, I came in like in the middle of what came back when Lemoyne was sharing. So anyway, sorry about that. That's okay. It was short. <laughs> so maybe you got most of it. Um, yeah. You know, I think <clears throat> there is the thing that defenses do what they would defend, but there's also in the course the statement, the truth needs no defense. And, you know, I, <laughs> I really... I think that this is a key to this thing of aligning the will is to recognize that the will to defend myself alone or myself against something, these are acts, this is very much of the separation. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, um, that it doesn't necessarily require reaching the end of our rope, but at the end of the rope, when you let go, then then the holy instant, which is always there, can appear. And you know, it is. It seems paradoxical, and perhaps, or it makes you know a lot of the the world would say, well, then it's unreliable, you know. But, uh, you know, I think the truth is lost in a, in a welter of thoughts about uh, false need, you know. And so there, that works both ways, that the truth needs no defense. Of itself, it doesn't. It's always present. It's always true at every past moment and in the present it's eternal and uh, <clears throat> but it's also true that it's uh, recognition by us requires uh, that we lay down our defenses and uh, I'll stop there boy that's for sure Lemoyne I had a uh, really sweet discussion with somebody over the weekend. It was brief and and um, but it was so loaded and the topic of the discussion was holding space. And you hear that said a lot, holding space, you know, it's a phrase that comes up. There's this and there's that. We we hold the space away from the miracle, you know. Um but holding space to my way of thinking uh, these days anymore is um, a pretty holy calling, and um, and and in the discussion that I had with this this friend, um, it it pulled together a lot of thoughts. That being that there's only two thought systems, and only one of them is true. But here I am, a human. Uh, in a body, or <laughs> uh, 
identified heavily with in a body, but having a body, put it that way, in a world where I interact with other people. Um, of course, the miracles would like me to recognize that I and all creation is really divine and holy and within the mind of God. And it's my um, both prerogative and call. Both my prerogative, I'm free to choose, and my call to hold the space that includes both of those uh, seeming levels of awareness. When um, in holding space, I all I have to do is, to me, uh, and I've said it so many times, but to hold that space and to hold it perfectly according to my calling, all I need to do is recognize that of myself I don't know anything. And the truth of it, because of atonement, is I am not of myself. And that's my sure escape. And um, it allows me, um, in that way, to navigate um, seeming reality of being in a body or having a body in a world. And um, and the truth of the holding space, this is kind of cool, I think it might be the first time it's ever happened, but um, the truth of holding space, both realities, without condemnation of anything, is what I call um, sliding into infinite patience. And it's so, so, so helpful when I don't know how to love someone or when I'm afraid for someone or I don't know how to care for someone, or I don't know how to how to respond to a situation. Um, the quote is, infinite patience brings immediate effect because it calls on infinite love. Because of infinite love, I need have no fear. Because of infinite love, the, only the thought system of truth is true. Because of infinite love, uh, everything is already healed and holy. He says that in chapter 21, anything seen with vision is healed and holy, and nothing seen without it means anything. This is uh, the truth. This is the truth. Navigating this life um, in the way that I feel called is to hold that space. And to hold that space, it's, it's so easy. Uh, to recognize I'm not of myself, you know. Um, it's not my job to um, protect anything. It's already all protected. Um, it's only my job uh, to hold the space in recognition of I don't know. And anything required of me will be given me after that. Why? Because infinite patience calls upon immediate love. And immediate love is the atonement, corrects everything. And infinite patience um, is infinite love. That's, to me, that's holding space. And, um, and if all I need ever do is say, I don't know, all I'm really saying is uh, the truth, because I don't. <laughs> you know? Um, and from that position, it's easy for me for Holy Spirit or Christ mind to uh, make the next step. It's, um, 
to me it's the answer for um, how do I hold this person whom I'm loving? How do I hold the truth of this person? Um, how do I recognize that in truth everything is already perfect um, and that everything is in perfect order in the mind of God? Uh, I don't know how to do that, but I do know how to hold space. And um, and in that place, everything's well, because it's all given. Anyway, that helped me a lot, because uh, when people I love hurt, uh, sometimes me hurts right along with them, but that's not what we're asked to do. That's not what we're asked to do. We're asked to hold the space. And uh, anyway, maybe that's a good place to um, for me to end. I'm complete. Thank oh, you. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was re- totally. really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Diana. I was scanning the internet and uh, on the Course in Miracles. I was so excited that I don't know how it happens when it comes up on my phone and I can engage and connect and other times I'm searching endlessly and I can't seem to find it. But this weekend I found the thread and Lana, uh, I just appreciate all the work and time she puts into these quotes that she puts on and I read most of them, and there was one that really stuck with me. I had to write it down and kind of let it, that be my meditation for the weekend that said, um, uh, to evaluate the condition of my mind. Uh, oh, how, did, how did she write it? Hold on. I took a fo- photograph of it. Let me read it to you because it's so beautiful. Um, To evaluate the condition of my mind, I need to go within and ask one simple question. Am I at peace? This will tell me everything I need to know. Um, And and again, you know, is it love or is it a call for love? What is it that I need to do right now, you know, to be accountable to myself and to free myself? Anyway, um, I just want to throw a, a shout-out to Lana to say I appreciate you, girlfriend, and the work you're doing and the other shares. Um, Lori's had, a, you know, a couple beautiful shares, and it was just such a joy to engage in that, and hopefully it won't be as difficult for me to, to find these things when I need them, but um, I'm complete. <laughs> That's um, just splendid, Diana. Oh, thank you, Diana. You know, uh, my guidance from Jesus, and when I write, um, I write with him. You know, it's like a joint venture. Um, It just kind of, I always refer to it as forming content. The content is all Jesus, but it comes through in a form that says, you know, Lana wrote it, but I, I, uh, I can't take credit for it. Um, for for the composing of it, um, and it it brings me what you, the the passage you read was um, Jesus for as long as I can remember. Um, his guidance to me was do what brings you peace. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 really what he's saying is always to choose peace you know if I do what brings me peace um, in the next moment and that could be anything you know if do if what will bring me peace is writing or painting or cooking or taking a nap or meta meditating what is the next thing that I can do to bring me peace and it's because um for me and my experience peace is such a powerful state of mind it's not conflicted and um and it leads me to a place where um I can really experience some um, harmony with my being and and I think that's what we're all after harmony the only time um we're ever threatened or fears when we're out of harmony with our true being and I can only recognize my true being in a state of peace and I really appreciate what was shared uh, recently by you know Lemoyne I think Karen and and Lori touched on it is um, the big I mean it's not right or wrong but it's a waste of time to try to figure out and solve um, my you know solve problems that show up or fear that shows up you know trying to dig into it you know I can't expect the thought system that made up the problem or brought the fear to give me a solution to it I have to leave that thought system and come to a play of this present moment and commune with God and it's um, and the healing I have to always remind myself it's not done by me it's done for me because in that recognition of I don't know what anything means I can't understand the thought system that makes no sense to begin with it's not understandable so the more I t the more time I spend in trying to figure it out or judging myself for not being able to figure it out or for being a failure or all that is just what Jesus would call a tragic waste of time you know it's it's um in the earth text he has this one line that says what the only thing to do with the desert is to leave and so we leave that thought system and once I give something to Holy Spirit for healing I can't go back to thinking about it you know once I've given it away you know to go back and and re-engage it it's like I'm taking it back from Holy Spirit I'm interfering interfering with the healing I'm obstructing it so once I give something to Holy Spirit as a course of love would say I think no more about it um, and how I do that is I move my focus and attention to something else you know something that's captivating and a lot of times it is those things that bring me peace that are personal to me everybody has their own um, guidance on what will bring them peace through thought or activity you know I can watch a movie I can meditate I can cook I can um, paint I can write I there are lots of things that I can do that will captivate the thinking mind 
so that I haven't re-engaged the problem. And it only needs that space, as you were talking about, Laurie, that free and open space, allowing the space for the light to shine in and heal and shift my perception back so I can return to peace. It's never through engagement of the problem. It's through the relinquishment of the problem by saying, okay, it's yours to handle now, God. You know, I caught myself once saying to God about, or saying to Jesus, you know, they're basically the same to me, but, you know, I don't even remember what the situation is. And I shared this before because my question to Jesus was, what am I going to do? And he reminded me that I'm asking the wrong question. It's not what I'm going to do. It's what Jesus is going to do. And he gave me a beautiful um, message once, which really sums it up. And he says, you need not know the answer to a problem in order for it to be solved. And, and boy, boy, I have that imprinted on my mind. Whenever I think I need to solve a problem, I'm reminded by that beautiful message that it's not me. I don't need to solve a problem. I mean, I don't have to understand a problem or solve a problem. You know, it's God who does it for me and through me. And then it's like the weight of the world's lifted off me. I'm unburdened by it. It's like you can just feel that love, recognizing love and remembering itself. And um, in every passage, every chapter of A Course in Miracles to me in the lessons are about remembering and remembering who I am is choosing love because that shift in perception. And I think I shared the other day about asking Jesus what the holy instant is. And he said it was when love recognizes love and remembers itself. So we are love and that's what we're remembering. And then when that meets up with truth, which is love. Miracles happen. Miracles become natural because I'm all, I'm in accord, I'm in alignment with truth. So, anyhow, I didn't mean to rattle on so much, but thank you, Diane. I really appreciate you found that helpful um, because that's my only reason for writing and sharing on Facebook is to be helpful and to share the love of God. After forgiveness, I think that's the most important thing that we can do is sharing it because it strengthens it within us and it also strengthens it in the person who receives it. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. And if anybody hasn't engaged in her work, I think you need Kleenex because it really is heartfelt her work that she does um and it's like bill and charlie you know two drunks that brought the 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 big book to life you know it's just such it's so entertaining to me how god can use people you know just out of the blue and and get his words out in a way you know where he is he is in this body mind in this realm on this level to get that point across to bring us all back closer to our real self. And Lana, I just, and every time you talk in the past, it's like, oh, 
oh, Lana, you know, I respond to your words because there's such, I resonate with you on some level. And, and, I, and I just appreciate, you know, appreciate you, your share. So anyway, I'm complete. Thank you, Diana. Yeah. Bless you, Diana. Yes, and, and Lena, you are so generous in everything you offer on the um, ACIM conference calls, mm. Facebook uh, webpage. Um, I go there first when I open Facebook, and I'm very grateful for your generosity, insight, wisdom, and strength, and the blessing you offer there every day. Uh, so thank you. Diane, I'm delighted you found that page. Um, for anyone who doesn't have it, um, it's a private group, but just type in the search box, capital letters, A-C-I-M, conference calls. Put that in the search box and uh, send, an invita- uh, send a request to join, and we'll just, any one of us will approve you right away so that you'll have instant access to both our recordings as well as uh, anything else that we share together that gets posted there. And Lana is just a, a star on that web page. <laughs> so thank you for that. Oh, God bless you, Lori. You know, you're to me a star, and Lemoyne too, <laughs> and how all your shares are so heartfelt. And I know they come from experience, and, and I try to share from a place of experience because I think that's sharing from the heart. And... As we all know, that's just really the center of love, the center of our being, the truth of our being. So I thank everyone on this call and everyone who shares their love of God with others. It's so healing to do it. And so, you know, it really um, validates that giving and receiving are one in truth. It really demonstrates that to be a truth that we can grab hold of and utilize in our life all the time. I thank you again, please. Sweet. Thank you, Lana. Okay. In light of today's lesson, uh, I think I would like to end this recording today uh, from a little bit further on in Chapter 2. When we get up to the section on fear as lack of love, he says this, my thoughts are images I have made. Today's lesson, what you do comes from what you think. What you do comes from what you think. You cannot separate yourself from the truth by giving autonomy to behavior. This is controlled by me automatically as soon as you place what you think under my guidance. Oh, that's such a beautiful promise. Whenever you are afraid, it's a sure sign. You have allowed your mind to miscreate or have not allowed me to guide it. It's pointless to believe that controlling the outcome of misthought can result in healing. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Just know that when you are fearful, you've willed wrongly. This is why you feel responsible for it. You must change your mind, not behavior, and this is a matter of will. 
put it under my guidance. That's all. Not mine. Christ's guidance. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us here today and for opening your heart minds to the lessons that we share and all the things that we share to strengthen each other. I'm very grateful. And I hope you all have a beautiful day.